This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Rapcast. Uh, my name is Zarar. Uh, today, my guest is uh, Dean Demakas, who is uh, the author of DeanOnDraft.com, which is a new website that I wasn't uh, aware of. After, after the Raptors selected Scotty Barnes, one of the comments in the rap section was a link to Dean's website. And then I spent uh, a couple of hours going through the whole thing, and I really enjoyed it. And I, and I think uh, it's it's a very valuable resource for Raptor fans. Or if, you're, if you just follow the NBA draft in general, it's something I did not was not aware of, so I thought, uh, why not get the man on here and uh, and uh, let's hear from him directly. Uh, thanks, Dean, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zarar. So, just to get a give our audience a taste of your opinions on the draft uh, pre-draft. Uh, this was before the before Thursday night. You had Cade Cunningham in your big board at number six. Evan Mobley was one. Suggs was two. Barnes. Franz Wagner, Alperin Sengen, and then Cade, then Josh Giddy, and then Jalen Green. That is obviously quite unorthodox. And this morning I wrote a wrote an article about how uh, the draft is essentially the same draft being copied over and over again, and a narrative gets formed, and all these um, basically exposure biases kick in. And what the first guy says, the second guy says, and so it sort of continues on and on. And next thing you know, Suggs is number four. But pre-draft, you had a very different take. Talk to me about your take on Cade Cunningham, why you ranked him so slow, uh, so low. And also you gave Detroit a D grade in their selection after the draft. Just to give our viewers a, a taste of where you're coming from with these uh, with these uh, with this analysis, expl- explain that for us a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Um you know, I mean, the basic idea is, is that most star NBA players are superstars in college. And Kate Cunningham had a, had a good freshman year, but it wasn't a superstar freshman year. And Evan Mobley was, was the freshman who performed like a superstar. And there was nothing wrong with him that you question, can he translate to the NBA? He's a great athlete. He's great on defense. He can, like, handle, pass, shoot, do everything, right? So, to me, Evan Mobley was the hands-down number one, whereas Kate had he had a lot of flaws, you know, he's the ideal mold where, you know, you, you say, all right, he's a big wing who can handle, pass, shoot, all those things. So, you know, you look and see a guy like Luka Doncic and he's in the same mold as Luka Doncic, which is, you know, the kind of ideal star player, but he doesn't play at a star level like Luka Doncic, you know, he takes a lot of bad shots. He gets a lot of turnovers. Uh, he doesn't have a good motor. He doesn't have good effort on defense. Um, he doesn't really have the athleticism to blow by defenders and create easy shots. And you set up, and these are a lot of flaws. And he also has great strengths. He's a great shooter. He's a good passer, you know, great wing dimensions. But, you know, and I mean, I put him sixth. I also mentioned, you know, he could arguably be anywhere in the two to six range. I just think there's a lot of guys you'd like in the draft. And uh, I think Mobley's the clear number one. And then Cade just has, he just has a few too many flaws to really earn that consensus number one ranking that everybody's given him. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you were pretty high on Mobley off the spot, off the you know from the beginning here. What did you like about Mobley? Do you think he exhibited that star quality in in college that warranted a a number one selection? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at a simple stat like BPM, he had the fourth highest BPM in the last like twelve years, and the guys who are higher are all like Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, all like easy number one picks. Um, and if you watch him play, he might be better than the stats because he's an incredible passer for a big man. He's awesome on defense. He can protect the rim very well. And like, he almost never fouls. He is probably the lowest foul rate for any, you know, rim protecting big man taken at the top of the draft ever, basically. Um, you know, he has skills on offense. He's, he's athletic. He's very coordinated and you just add all those qualities up. And it's just, it's just hard to see how a prospect like that fails. And, and and you keep talking about correlation in your article about about Barnes, how you know being a being being a a good steel guy is actually a, a predictor of high basketball IQ, or uh, if you if you are if you are good at assists, it predicts something else. What do you think when somebody who plays that many minutes as Mobley in in college and doesn't foul a lot? What do you think that is an NBA predictor of? I mean, I just think it's. Uh a signal that he knows how to play under control. And that's how I would define Mobley as somebody who's just always under control. Like one of his big advantages over Cade is that, you know, Cade's a point forward, but Evan Mobley has more assists than turnovers and Cade has more turnovers than assists. Uh, Cause Cade doesn't really play in control the same way Mobley does. And I mean, aside from that, just has the obvious benefits of, you know, you're not sending opponents to the line. You're not putting them in the bonus. You're not getting in foul trouble and having to get off the floor. So when it comes to all all these other good qualities, it's just a a very nice feature to have. Yeah. It's like if there was a spectrum of a player who fouls a lot and defends versus doesn't foul a lot and defend on one end of the spectrum, it might be Javal McGee and on the other end, it might be Mobley. Would would that be a fair, fair comment? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's get some uh, Raptors talk and, uh, Again, pre-draft, the narrative sort of from a Raptors franchise perspective or how they're, how they're looking to build the franchise was that uh, if you pick Jalen Suggs right now, it is more of a win-now uh, pick. You're, trying to get, you're getting somebody who can contribute right now uh, versus if you go with, with Barnes, you're looking at a time window, maybe not, not in the distant future, but let's say two to three years from now. Did you subscribe to that dichotomy of like Suggs now versus Barnes later? Or do you have a perspective where they both can fit into the into similar time windows or even the same time windows in terms of the Raptors looking to compete? Did you see that as a uh, almost like a franchise roadmap decision uh, picking between the two players? Um, I think a little bit. Uh, Bar- Suggs definitely is the guy who comes in with, with more polish now. Um, I would say the way I would look at it is Suggs seems like the safer bet to, you know, you're he's going to fit in the NBA lineups. He's going to be a guy you want to have around. And he does have pretty good upside too. But Barnes is kind of the more high-risk, high-reward guy um, where, you know, you have questions about his shooting. Um, you know, his defense, he tries really hard and he makes plays, but he still needs to improve his fundamentals. But if you really polish up his game and he develops well, you know, the sky's the limit for him, much more so than Suggs. 
And and you also describe Barnes as a high variance player. And whenever I hear that term, and, and I have heard it over the, over the years a lot, uh, you, you apply it to usually sort of late round picks. And by no means am I making this comparison player to player, but it, it sort of reminded me of like when we drafted Bruno Caboclo. He's like a high, he could be nothing, he could be something great. And obviously that turned out the way it did. Um, when you say high variance, and then you go on to sort of describe, and then you do do an analysis uh, where you basically take age, height, length, assist rate, and steal rate. You take the top 40 wings since 2003, who are at least 6'7", with a certain assist rate and a certain steal rate. And the company you get sort of is, is Luca, Simmons, Evan Turner, Middleton, Iggy, Draymond, uh, Paul George, and these guys. And then in summary, you conclude... Well, Scotty is taller, longer, better at passing, defending the perimeter, is very good at self-creating shots. Um, that doesn't sound like a high-variance guy to me. That sounds like a guy who has a pretty high floor. When you, It's almost like your analysis saying he's really good, but at the same time, he's high-variance. Could you try to reconcile those two, uh, those two thoughts for me? Him being so good in the group you selected while at the same time being high-variance. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, you can be both at the same time, right? You can have a, a high expected value and also high variance, you know? So Bruno Caboclo is a guy who, you know, you don't really know much about and you figure, all right, this guy's probably nothing, but maybe he's something. And if he's something, it's going to be a better something than, you know, whatever role players are available in the late first, right? Whereas Scotty Barnes, you know, the situation is where he disappoints. He's not going to be a complete bust. He's still going to probably be better than Evan Turner, for instance, because he was ahead of Evan Turner as, you know, a creator, a ball handler, at the same age, and he has, what, like seven or eight inches more wingspan, right? So you got to figure, at the very least, he's going to be a rich man's Evan Turner, which is something. You know, Evan Turner wasn't good, but he had an NBA career, and if you make him better, that's something. Um, and, you know, he brings all these strength to the table. And, and kind of the, the, the weird thing about, about Scotty is that so much depends on his shooting because if – Everybody knows how valuable the shooting is in the modern NBA. You can have a guy like Ben Simmons who, you know, I mean, Scotty should be a better shooter than Ben Simmons, but it shows that, you know, this guy's incredible in the regular season. He's an all-star level player. And then in the playoffs, he just doesn't provide the same amount of value. And it makes it kind of awkward and difficult to build around him. Now, so you, you kind of have this risk where, where Barnes has all these good qualities, but if his shooting doesn't improve, it can still he can be a good player. He can be a valuable player to some extent, but it's still going to prevent him from really maxing out his return and making you think like, oh, wow, we really got to steal at number four overall. But shooting is the most improvable skill in the draft. And, you know, his shot doesn't look completely busted. I mean, he has a slow release. Um, it's not good right now, but if he happens to improve it at a fast rate and on top of all those other qualities and then he improves his um, you know, defense and, you know, decision-making and all these things, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. And, 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 and I like how you mentioned that the shooting is the most improvable skill once you come to the league. Uh, Cause at the, at the draft event that we hosted, you know, I was in, a, I was in a debate with a person who was, who was going, well, I think ball handling could be, and, and that, that didn't resonate with me. Cause I think if you, if you, if you handle the ball a certain way till age 18, cause you handle it so much. I mean, my, my rationale was if it's a 24 second shot clock, you spend, um, you know, maybe one second shooting it, whereas you might spend 15 seconds dribbling it. And because you have dribbled for so long in your life, that sort of has been hardwired into it, whereas shooting is still a teachable mechanic, which is not so hardwired. What do you think of that, uh, that, uh, that description? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a, that's a pretty interesting argument. Um, I guess it's really hard to say how improvable ball handling is because it's not something that's really easily measurable. I mean, you because there there's so much else that goes into scoring besides just ball handling. Um, I, I would say that they're probably both fairly improvable, though. I mean, because they they are just more so skills as opposed to something like athleticism is something that's you know maybe you improve a little bit at, at a young age or size. Most people don't really grow. Um, you know, intelligence, you can make better decisions, but most people kind of have, it's a little bit more hard coded. Um, whereas, uh, the, the skills of the basketball are the things that people are, are can, can develop the most. Yeah. And, and going back to Barnes here, I mean, you know, the, the way you described him, I know I was kind of surprised that reading your whole article, that and you made a lot of comparisons and one guy you left out and maybe this is obviously this is an older player but the names are familiar too is Scottie Pippen because Scottie Pippen came into this league in the 80s with a very similar mold as the way you're describing Barnes right now you know taller guy very good at shot creation not so good at shot making not the most physical guy but physical enough to basically orchestrate an offense do you see any similarities between Pippen and Barnes um, uh, the way he, the, the, the Pippen's career turned out to be and the way the Barnes projects out to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, Scotty Pippen was a guy who did everything but, but shoot, right? You know, um, so that's actually a, real, a really interesting comparison. Um, I didn't really go that far back because it's kind of harder to find, you know, good stats for Scotty Pippen when he was in college. And I think Scotty Pippen played like at a – did he play Division two or maybe like a lower mid-major college? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that would be kind of an awkward comparison, maybe. Yeah. In terms, in terms of, in terms of their their games and playing style. Yeah, they're very similar. And uh, the the other thing that, uh, that that I noticed is that as you were describing um, uh, Barnes's uh, shot making, shot creation ability, uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking going into the draft is that the Raptors might be looking at uh, Jalen Suggs as a replacement for Lowry, or at best a backup for him depending on what Lowry's free agent uh, decision is. And it, it was like Jalen Suggs is a point guard that sort of naturally fits. But reading your article, have the Raptors sort of addressed the point guard position as well by drafting Barnes? Yeah. I mean, Scotty Barnes is like a point guard. He's like a 6'9 point guard in a lot of ways. They're a 6'8 point guard with a super long wingspan because if you have a guy like that and you can run the offense through him in the NBA, then you don't need to have um, you have a lot of flexibility for who you can play at point guard. And, you know, you can have a guy like, um, you, can, you can start to gamble on role players, like guys like, um, you know, a Seth Curry or Patrick Beverly, and, and got guys who are point guard size but are more role players but can't really run an offense. You can have those guys in your lineup. When you have a guy like Scotty Barnes, you can kind of run the offense for you but also defend uh, bigger wings. Yeah, I mean, th that's how I kind of rationalize this pick as well, because I, I don't think it's an either-or situation, especially after reading your piece and, and speaking as, as well as you did about his shot creation ability and how he's improved at that. Uh, it certainly sounds like the, this is an option the Raptors could pursue, because one thing the, Rap the Raptors did try all of last season was is not to have Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet handle the ball as much, but give some of those duties over to Pascal Siakam, who you could very well argue might have been our second best shot creator after uh, Kyle Lowry. So it's not like the Raptors haven't dabbled in having a point forward 
run the offense more and more. It seems like Barnes is more of a is a continuation of a trend rather than an isolated case that we're going to experiment with a forward handling the ball. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the more handling you can get from your bigger guys, the less pressure it takes off the small guys. And I mean, Kyle and uh, Fred, they were, they were a great backcourt duo, but you know, they're also a little bit undersized. And now, um, now the Raptors have that interesting option of having a supersized perimeter with, um, if they try to play OG Siakam and Barnes all at once, and you just have crazy length on the perimeter. Yeah. And it's like position basketball, take a positionless basketball taken to a bit of an extreme because you're, you're now entirely drafting based on skill and not size at all. Uh, a, a pick like this sort of signals the Raptors kind of moving even more in that direction. They've, they've always been a bit weird in terms of um, team composition because a lot of their point guards are uh, like Fred Van Vliet is like six feet tall. Lowry is probably less than that. So their backcourt has always been uh, focused more on their skill rather than their size. And that sort of bit them against uh, the Celtics when they played them a couple of years ago. Tatum kind of took them to the block and could see over Van Vliet and pick out pick out guys. Maybe this is a reaction to that sort of play that teams play against the Raptors. The goal, maybe we want to get bigger in the backcourt if you really want to go against Brooklyn uh, and, and Philly and, and Boston and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the small guys are the ones who tend to get hunted in the playoffs. And even though, you know, uh, Kyle and Fred were both, you know, very good defensive guards uh, for their size, they still are, they don't really have the versatility to, to be able to switch on to the bigger star players like Giannis or Luca or even James Harden is, you know, is a significant size advantage over them. So now um, if you just have w- one smaller guy in uh, uh, Fred Van Bleet and then, you know, everybody else has like a monster height and wingspan and, you know, has the mobility to kind of switch on to different people. You can make a really interesting defense around them without many weaknesses. Do you see uh, this pick being a comment on what the Raptors would like to do with Siakam or do you see them coexisting? What's your feel there? I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard to say. Um, I think... It can be awkward if neither of them really have their shooting come around. I mean, Pascal's become a decent enough shooter, but it, it can be a little bit light on shooting to have both of them. Um, I think right now you could go either way. You can try to make them coexist, or if a trade offer for or if Scotty's looking good and a trade offer for, for Pascal comes around, they can take that offer. Um, I'd say in all likelihood, you can't really have enough good wings because so many – teams play like three wings at once right now. And, you know, I would say the, the main idea is the priority is, is they just want to get good players and good players who are going to be here for the long term. And, and Scotty Barnes definitely has the potential to be that. Right. And, and let's switch to his offense a little bit, because I think his his shooting percentage is, is well known. I think that was the, uh, the text message that everybody got was he's shooting 62% from the free throw line. And you made a point that while he's five makes away from being a respectable 70% in college, it, it's funny how, you know, you change the change the narrative a little bit and suddenly things don't look so bad. But what, what I want to focus on is, is on this other point you made is about self-created shots. Essentially, you've taken out putbacks and assisted shots. And next thing you know, uh, Scotty Barnes is very, very good at creating his offense when nobody's creating offense for him or he's not hitting the glass. And the only person better than in, in the in, in, in your analysis was uh, was Luca which is saying something. How is he getting those self-created shots in college? And do you see that being translated into the league? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he has a reputation as a guy who doesn't really score, and everybody's giving this Draymond Green comparison, like he's just a guy who's just going to play defense, move the ball, and that's all he can do. But um, And also part of it might be that he was averaging like less than 10 points a game because he was playing bench minutes for Florida State. But um, he has a nice handle. He has good agility. And um, when there's a seam in the defense, he just takes it and he gets to the rim. And when he gets to the rim, he just has such a great reach. It's easy for him to finish. Um, I think it, it should largely translate. Uh, I would say if there's a little bit of a question, it's, you know, well, he's not really athletic enough to blow by defenders and he doesn't really have a promising Euro step. And he, he might rely a little bit on bully ball that, that might not be the same in the NBA, but at the same time, when you're, when you're as big as him, there's still like, if he gets end up switch, switched on to like a, a smaller guard, he can still bully them. There's still a lot of NBA players he can bully. Um, so I would say that, you know, it, it should largely translate. I, I, I don't know exactly how high tier of a creator he is, but he definitely has enough shot creation to work with to make him very interesting offensively in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, and much has been made of his shooting and, and rightfully so. Uh, and, you know, as Raptor fans, like we've, uh, you know, we've gone through Siakam and, and Rosen and, and Bosch over the years, you know, guys who've always had, uh, you know, a, a couple of key skills missing, which takes them, to the next tier of, of players. So for DeRozan, when he was with the Raptors, it was ball handling and, and outside shooting. Uh, and with Siakam right now, it's outside shooting. Other than other than his shooting mechanics, which are which are which I kind of the only part of your article that I sort of disagreed with was uh, I think his shot is more awkward than you made it out to be in uh, in, in your piece because not only is it, is it a slow release. What, what it also sort of inhibits him from doing is actually pull up more because it takes so long to release the shot. It, it takes away a lot of the other moves like step backs that, that, that would normally be, you know, a, a high source of offense for him. So, but leaving his, his, his shot aside, do you see any other limiting factors in his game that prevent him from becoming, you know, a, a, a potentially all-star level player in the, in, in the league? Like where, where's his, Where's his homework over the next couple of years other than shooting? Yeah, I mean, I just want to say I agree with your point about pull-ups because, you know, that's one of the bigger problems with his creation is right now he only has kind of a, a not very good floater and he needs to kind of develop that pull-up jumper, which is slow release makes it difficult. Um, in terms of other areas of improvement, um, his defense needs work because uh, in theory he, he has good agility. He had like one of the top agility scores at the combine. So in theory he could be – you know, this stud who can switch and guard everybody, but he got blown by a lot in college. And part of it was because he was always guarding the other team's point guard. Uh, but he also kind of has b- bad technique on defense. He kind of hops instead of slides. So he, he could stand to work on that. Um, in general, his defense has a lot of potential because he gets steals. He has great dimensions. He has great agilities. And he really cares about defense. He prides himself as a good defensive player. It just looks like his fundamentals need work. And if he gets good coaching, he can be really good on that end. But right now, it's a work in progress. And he, he could be very mistake-prone early in his career. And that's something that really needs polish. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, it's been already said a few times, but, you know, the Raptors system is is where that, that can obviously help him because they've got some experience there. And Nick Nurse is a coach that values defense, is a team that prides itself on defense. So all those... Um, what's important for the Raptors as a franchise are also where Scotty Barnes needs the most help. And, and it seems like it's, it's a good natural fit there for the franchise. Um, 
So let, let me just go go to college ball in general, um, uh, because uh, oh yeah, well one more thing that that I uh, also noticed in your article was uh, uh, Paul Pierce and Grant Hill comparisons. Uh, I, I especially like the Grant Hill comparison because he's a guy that's almost sort of not not mentioned. He, kind of, he sort of faded from view his career. It was an awesome career in, in, with the Pistons, then went to the Magic, and then sort of kind of faded away one of the most prolific scorers when he wanted to be <laughs> amazing with the ball. Do you see, uh, talk to you about the Grant Hill comparison. Is, is How do you rank Grant Hill in the all time greats in this league? Because he's a guy that we don't necessarily talk about enough when we're talking about some, some of the elite players in the league. What's your, what's your take on, on Grant Hill in general and, and, and compare him to how would he fit in today's league? If you, if you will. Uh, I mean, Grant Hill was really good. I, I mean, part of it was it's just that he had injuries, so he didn't have as long of a peak as um, to, to really help us fully appreciate him. Yeah, Grant Hill was a really good player. If you're getting Grant Hill, I mean, obviously, the difference between Grant Hill and Scottie Pippen those days versus now is they might be a little bit less valuable in this modern era, not really being great three-point shooters since shooting is so important now. But I still think they would be good players today. I mean... Giannis won the MVP, the finals MVP. He can't shoot. Um, and, and, I mean, like, uh, Scotty Barnes can't play center like, like Giannis can. Um, and neither could, you know, Pippen, Pippen or Grant Hill. But you can still be re- really good without shooting. And anytime you're that big and bring that many different things to the table, it's just so easy to contribute to a basketball team. So I think Grant Hill would still be really good at that. Yeah. He, he, he was one of my favorite players to watch because he, he was unstoppable. Uh, he he could do whatever he wanted on the court. He couldn't shoot, but sh- he, he couldn't shoot from three as well. But in, in those days, shooting from three was not a high priority uh, for a guy in his position. But getting in, get, getting to the rim, mid range, using pick and rolls, uh, I, you know, it, it's rare you see a talent uh, that comes across that can do all those things and do them so well. You see guys coming along and do a little bit of of everything, but somebody who's like you know eight, nine out of ten on every single category of things you can do on a basketball court is quite rare. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's that's why the Scotty Barnes pick is so exciting. Even if his game's a little rough around the edges, you just don't see prospects with this combination of strengths. And if you do, they're going in the top three. They're not going at number four, you know. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I totally got that one. And, and one one last comment from your article, uh, I think, which, which sort of sums it up in, in relative terms, was that uh, given how close their priors are, it's clear that Barnes becoming a decent shooter is more attainable than Cade becoming outlier good. That, I, I like that one because it, it's sort of because everybody's thinking Cade's going to be a superstar or, or Cade's going to be a star in this league. But but your view is that there's a higher probability that Scotty Barnes becomes an, a, a pretty decent outside shooter, which is one of the main concerns with this game, than Cade becoming what what, what many think uh, he, he's destined to be. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of times you see these guys who just aren't very good shooters in college, and then you look up a few years later in the NBA, and they're they're they're, they're pretty good shooters. Um, I mean, Ka- Kawhi Leonard was a better free throw shooter in college than Scotty Barnes, and he might just have bad luck, but he had really bad college three-point percentage, and then he goes to the Spurs, and he's making threes right away, and then before you know, down the line, he's an MVP candidate, right? Um, whereas the other stuff, like um, like like K- is if he's not blowing by guys in college, he's not going to suddenly start blowing by guys in the NBA. If he's not you know, having a great defensive effort in college, you know, maybe he tries a little bit harder in the NBA, but he's still probably not going to be a defensive stopper in the NBA. So, um, you know, shooting something that improves. And a lot of times people in the draft, they want to they just take the guy who already knows how to shoot and just 
say, all right, maybe the other flaws aren't that bad, but the other flaws don't really improve. Shooting at the flaw that can, can go from like a weakness to a strength if um, the development just happens really well. Yeah. No, I I, I, I totally uh, see that see that perspective uh, when, when it comes to Cade. Uh, you know, the point that you made about, uh, you know, him taking a lot of contested or bully shots, I think you call them, uh, in college, you know, the outcomes you get in college against that defense uh, will be very different in the NBA because guys are just better. And, and, and a shot you can barely get off, which might be contested in college, while it gets a lot more difficult in the league. So I think he has that that hill to climb, and that's going to be a big challenge for him. With Barnes, I think the uh, his style of play is more translatable to the NBA the way things are right now than it is for Cade, who, who, who has some things to overcome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, Scotty Barnes is just the better, more well-rounded basketball player independent of shooting. And um, if his shooting catches up to Cade, he's just going to be better. Well, Dean, man, you know, thanks for coming on, man, and giving us your take on, on things. Uh, love the website. If you have not checked it out, uh, deanondraft.com. Um, you know, the, the, the link is in the show notes, and uh, your, your Twitter handle is there as well. Uh, great website, again. It's refreshing to read uh, the analysis that you're doing here on the draft. It's very, understand- very, very understandable for people like who, who may not necessarily follow the draft as deeply as, uh, as anybody else. Um, I love your player comps as well for Scotty. Uh, I think uh, people who don't follow college basketball appreciate NBA comps, sort of, so that they can make a mental mapping of uh, of who's good. And for you, for him, it was uh, for you, it was Ben Simmons, Kawhi, and and Giannis to some degree. Draymond Green, Kyle Anderson, Evan Turner. Um, you won't get into this, but do check out the article. Uh, it's on DeanOnDraft.com. Uh, it's it's a fantastic read. And if you if you want to know more about Scotty Barnes. Uh, this is this is the article to read. Dean, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me.